Appalachia. Nobody truly knows where the word comes from, yet everybody has their own opinion of what it represents. Everything from mountaintop beauty and deep forest to meth heads and extreme prejudice. The Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountains in the world. They once towered 30,000 feet to the air and currently stretch from Canada through 14 states all the way to Louisiana. The inhabitants of these mountains through the many years of their existence have lived through and witnessed downright unbelievable and tormenting historical atrocities. They have lived through everything from hauntings to cryptic creatures that show up and wreak havoc on their homesteads. The worst creature, though, may be man himself. I, being born and raised in these Appalachian Mountains, know that nothing is beyond a pale of belief, no matter how fantastic it sounds. The history that lies in these mountains is rich and has a long legacy of unending tales and adventures. Come with me as I take you on a fantastic journey through these mountains, where things are not always as they seem. I guarantee you it won't be anything like you expected. Hello, I'm Larry Bentley, and this is Season 2 of Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend. Hey, doing, my good friends. Thank you again for swinging by today. War is just plain ugly. Politicians that can't agree decide to fight it out to the last drop of, well, the blood of their constituents. If they happen to be on the losing end, they simply sign an agreement that they, well, they now see it the way the victors see it after all. Then, both sides move on as they bury the dead. Families of those lost at war are forced to move on without their loved one, who was lost in the conflict, meaning that the scars of war are permanent. Those who are in the position to say tell the steps that one goes through when grieving. Those steps can come in any order and take many different faces. Today we have counselors who can aid us in going on through the grieving process, but back in earlier times, as even as late as the Vietnam conflict, there was but limited understanding of the mental effects on the survivors of war. People just existed. Some were left in a zombie-like state for years with overwhelming grief. Come on in, settle on down there, and let me tell you what happened years ago in the Appalachian Hills, North Carolina. Manchester, North Carolina sits just off of Route 24, just south of Raleigh. Back in the 1800s, Manchester wasn't much different than any other small town surrounding the area. Most folks farmed during the week and went to church on Sunday morning. Then come Monday, they'd do it all over again. The Shelton family had been there for many years, and they were a well-known family. They were said to have many beautiful daughters and strong sons. The most beautiful daughter, however, was Olivia. She was said to have long black hair, sapphire eyes, well-tanned skin, and was of very shy and sweet demeanor. She had every man in town just begging to do anything she wanted. One day, Olivia was on her way home and stumbled on a young woman wearing a dusty cape. 
staring at the ground looking for coins. Olivia had never seen the woman before and was very curious. She knelt beside the woman and could immediately tell that the poor woman hadn't bathed in days and figured she was tired and hungry. Olivia, who was known by the townsfolk to be a very soft-hearted, kind soul, asked the woman who she was who she was, and where she was traveling, but the woman gave no response. The woman only stared at her with a stunned look on her face and then continued to look at the ground. Olivia assumed the woman was simply shy and said, Well, you should come with me to my home and we shall sort that all out there. She took the woman in hand and led the woman back home. Olivia arrived home with the woman and her mother and sisters began to clean her up. But as soon as the filthy cape was taken away, the woman's breathtaking beauty began to shine through. She had beautiful blonde hair, green eyes, and alabaster skin. While she appeared to be in her early 20s, her frame was so petite that she easily fit into Olivia's clothes. The other girls were instantly jealous and curious as to who the beautiful mystery woman was and why she didn't talk. When Mr. Shelton and his son returned home from work that night, Mr. Shelton voiced to his wife his unsettling feelings that taking in another mouth to feed, especially one as pretty as hers, was probably not going to end well. He thought that Olivia's beauty couldn't hold a candle to the woman and that she would likely end up in the way of Olivia's plans to find the proper suitor. Mrs. Shelton said that turning the woman out would only allow her family to take her in, another family to take her in, and thus the problem wouldn't go away but just move to another house and it would still be there. So they felt that their only option was to try to hide this woman away from everybody until Olivia and her daughters were married off. Mrs. Shelton told her children that they were not to speak of the woman to anybody. They told the woman that she was only safe in the house and was not to leave under any circumstances. After a few days, Olivia, who was very confident in her own beauty, was about the age where she knew better than mom and dad, like you know, we all do. She took the woman to walk with her in the store. It didn't take long for people to notice the woman's beauty and Attention quickly began to focus on the woman. Word spread quickly that it took no time after all for young men about the town to set out trying to find her. In fact, the very next day, the most eligible young man in the whole area, and the very one Olivia had hoped to marry, knocked on the Shelton's front door and proceeded to ask for the woman's hand in marriage. As you can imagine, that went over like a windmill in a tornado. Miss Shelton was fit to be tied, but the couple came up with a quick idea. They told the young man that they had to go talk to the woman's family before they could accept any proposal and would let him know by the end of the week. So conflict averted. Yep, yeah, right? No, well, not quite. Olivia overheard the whole conversation. And now in tears, she told her mother to do whatever was necessary not to let that marriage happen. In fact, she begged her parents to haul the woman out and drop her in the woods somewhere, you know, like you heard people do with the old dogs or something. But Miss Shelton, well, she had a better idea. 
We're about to find out how devious a human being can get. I'll be right back. You're listening to Appalachian Murder Mystery and Legend with Larry Bentley. The next day, Miss Shelton went out and found the preacher and told him that this mystery woman must be a witch. She told him about how she appeared in the town out of thin air and had bewitched everybody so that they saw the most beautiful woman that they had ever laid eyes on. The woman pretended that she couldn't speak, she said. In reality, she said she wouldn't speak. She managed to convince the preacher and the woman kept her, that the woman kept her mouth shut because if she were to open it, pure evil would come out and give her away. You know, that's the way it was back then. If you didn't like somebody, I guess you just screamed witch and pointed your finger at them. That got the job done good enough, I reckon. The townspeople gathered together like they used to do back then and probably carried torches and pitchforks, you know, like you see on TV. They decided that it must be true if the fine upstanding Miss Shelton said so. They knew that point that they would had to go with, to get rid of the evil monster disguised as the beautiful woman. They debated burning her at the stake, hanging her, or drowning her, but they were unsure of her powers. Could possibly be that she didn't have any, could it? Besides, nobody around the town seemed to really have a stomach for those kind of things. They finally decided that the safest, most efficient way to release her from her horrible possession was to tie her up, chunk her in a casket, and bury her alive. After all, nobody around the area was an outright murderer, and they wouldn't know what happened if they filled in the hole. They would follow up that up by placing several big heavy rocks on top of her grave so if she was to rise from the dead she couldn't get out apparently this was the logic of the day and it only took them just a few minutes after the meeting and townspeople gathered outside the Shelton home the Sheltons let them in and they dragged the woman out of the house she didn't speak a word the townspeople started to shove her around and even one woman spit on her but she didn't say a word. They kicked her down and tied her arm behind her back and then a long fence rail. They put that in there too so they could carry her around. And two men took hold of each other and each end of it and dragged her all the way to the cemetery. And they commenced to dig in a hole, which was didn't take long with three or four people doing it. The woman looked unsettlingly at Olivia who was crying at the cruelty being done to the poor woman and finally, who finally broke her silence, saying only words that the town people ever heard from her. She said, I am Sadie Baker. They then threw her in a makeshift coffin and nailed it shut and buried it. And just as they planned, put huge rocks on top of it as they filled it with dirt. It was now three months after they buried the poor woman and things about the town were carrying on as normal. I suppose everybody had all but forgot about what they did to poor old Sadie. Olivia had married her favorite suitor, the very one that had chosen Sadie first. She was happily playing the role of a caring wife, but that's when things started going south. Olivia became paranoid that her husband was 
thinking of Sadie instead of her and that they truly wanted Sadie for her beauty and that she was still playing second fiddle to the now dead woman. She started to find herself staring in the mirror and hating her dark hair and tan skin. Several times she would stare at herself so long she began to see Sadie's face looking back at her from the mirror instead of her own. Her husband would try to get her away from the mirror, but she wouldn't or maybe couldn't budge. One day she came home from, or he came home from work to find Olivia with the large tufts of her hair missing. She pulled nearly all of her hair out of her head, saying it didn't belong to her and that her hair should be a beautiful blonde. The man, now horrified at her behavior, did what folks did back then. After all, as we said earlier, there was anything to do for somebody that was in any kind of a mental state back then. She, he took her to the preacher, who had declared Sadie a witch in the first place, and he finally came to the conclusion that on the day that they buried the poor woman alive, Sadie Baker must have jumped out of her body and bewitched Olivia to go ahead and embody herself in Olivia's body. To destroy the witch that was inside of Olivia, they began rigorous treatments, but none helped. I guess you don't bury the well-to-do alive like you do the less fortunate. One night, Olivia ran right out of the house like it was on fire and was screaming at the top of her lungs, I am Sadie Baker. Her husband caught up with her and had to tackle her to the ground where he had, or he said she had the strength of about 10 men and just threw him off like a sack of potatoes all the while laughing devilishly. She escaped into the woods where the townspeople mounted a big search but lost track of her. Olivia Shelton was never seen again, but it was said that she unwittingly allowed the spirit of Sadie Baker to escape that day of the execution as it, as she gazed into her eyes, she absorbed it. Research revealed that Sadie, Sadie Baker had been married to a military man. They were very happy, and he was very much in love with her, and he was the love of her life. He went off to fight in the Seminole War in Florida, where he was killed in action. Sadie was so devastated by the loss that she went into what folks called a trance-like state. She finally wandered off, and they never could find her. It was generations later that somebody put together what had actually happened. Sadie's spirit is said to guard her grave, where you're supposed to give her some coins, and she comes looking for it. And uh, as we now know, Olivia should have done to start with. She is buried in Concord Cemetery in Manchester. One of the stones that was laid on top of her grave, it, you can still see because it sticks up out of the grass. Stop by Concord Cemetery and find a grave if you dare. Leave coins and pay your respects. Sadie could send you a good juju or you might be the next one to run into the woods screaming, I'm Sadie the Baker. You just never know. I hope you've enjoyed our story today. If you have, please rate and review the podcast and don't forget to follow, please. I'd like to thank Kristen Walden for becoming a subscriber this week. That means a whole bunch to me and you'd like to help the podcast growing or that you'd like to help keep the podcast growing, Kristen. Thank you so much. If you'd like even more episodes of both podcasts and access to the Deviant Report, which comes out as I collect enough stories to make an episode, consider becoming a subscriber like Kristen did for $1.99 a month for extra episodes of all three. 
Just run over to Anchor.fm or Spotify and click on the subscriber links there. Please join us on Facebook group Appalachian Murder Mystery or Legend Podcast where we can discuss anything Appalachian or whatever else you'd like to talk about. I'll be back soon with another Appalachian Murder Mystery or Legend. I'll see you then.